All right, so I guess we're going to figure out the format of this as we go. Yeah, yeah, but this is different. This this is really different. But I thought I would, I would start by giving you five clues. I I wrote I wrote the description for this mm-hmm. this plant, so you don't know what it is. No, but I thought if I gave you five clues, maybe it'd be fun if you tried to guess it. That'll work for me. I don't. I can't guarantee I'll get it right. But no, because I don't know that I want to give. Like, because we have a lot of facts about all these trees, and we mm-hmm. want to, te- or plants, or or shrubs, yeah. uh, herbaceous. We want that a hint. Is it no, no, no. It may be, maybe <laughs> it might be. So, all right. So, it it is an a deciduous tree. Okay. Um, gets seventy to one hundred and twenty foot tall. Okay, uh, that brings me a little, me a little closer. Uh, it has yellow fall color. Okay. Um, it has a large, alternate, pinnately veined, four-lobed leaf with a single margin. Now that's a mouthful. Oh gosh, I, I, I was going down a different track before yeah. you said that. Large, alternate, pinnately. I think that's. Let Those me see. four. All right, I'll give you one more. Um, it takes fifteen years to produce its first bloom. Oh man, um, is it tulip poplar? It is. Wow, I was I really I pulled that one out at the last second. It wow, was the, it was the bloom thing. That the bloom thing is what what sold wow. it for me. All right, I guess that tall and a bloom. Like I debate it. Yeah. Turn it up. Go ahead. And turn All it right, over. here we are. So with you know, I was thinking it was going to be betula papafolia until you said the the lobed leaves, and then I was like, oh, it's not not that. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to A Native Plant Every Day with Tom and Fran. All right, so today's plant is going to be Liriodendron tulipifera, which is tulip poplar. It's also called white wood and yellow poplar. So, and, and this being our first episode, we're figuring this out as we go. So we thought, I don't want you to look at the bottom of the page, maybe fold like the last like four or, five, yeah. four or five items because we're going to play another little game at the end. Uh, that I thought would be fun, but we just want to highlight a native plant every day. So today we're focusing on a tree, and as yeah, and we, this is really an awesome, awesome tree in my opinion. It's now, especially in the Northeast, since we've lost um, chestnut mm-hmm. and we start to lose ash. This has really become the predominant tree in our in a lot of our woods. Once you hit that like outer coastal plain to Piedmont, it's it's. Uh, mainly a predominant tree. It it may not have as much value as a chestnut, but it still has plenty of value, and we're going to talk mm-hmm. about that as we yeah, go along. Yeah, so. awesome, awesome. So um, we just are going to try to give you some information, all different realms. Um, as we said, it's 70 to 120 foot tall. Uh, the largest one I saw was in Sadler's Woods um, in Haddon Heights, New Jersey, where I, I, I think three people could have put their arms around this tree. Really? That's uh, a that's a huge tree. That's a, that's a pretty big <laughs> yeah. tree. Um, so it is a tall eastern hardwood. It's native from Florida to Maine and then west of Texas and up to Iowa. So it's got a pretty big native range then. It, it does. And it's but does it do better in any one area than than anywhere else or or you know, I that I don't know. We'd have to really look at bone apps to get an idea. I don't know it's as prevalent in some of the the intercoastal plain. Um, 
areas. I think it's it does have a wide range of soil, so it can handle Piedmont. Obviously, it's going across Appalachia. It's taking some different conditions, uh, but it is a deciduous tree. It does have yellow fall color, very, very brilliant uh, yellow fall color. Uh, we talked about the large leaf, uh, which is it's an alternate, mm-hmm. so opposite or alternate. It's alternate. It's pinnately veined, four-lobed, so it has four yeah. – Four lobes. It's one of those things. We're going to throw some terminology on you. It, it would be worthwhile for you to start getting familiar with some of this terminology and looking it up. Yeah, as- and I guess if you can, when you're when you're listening to this, look up a, a tulip poplar leaf or uh, another lobed leaf will be oak leaves or, or lobed where they have the, the little offshoots, whereas a, a birch leaf, like what I was thinking when Fran said yellow, uh, for fall color, is not lobed. It's going to have a more rounded edge. Sometimes they'll have little... Little, um, uh, little like tooth marks, but that's still it's not lobed where it has yeah. a big like peninsula shape yeah. to the leaf. So that's really cool. You mentioned that they bloom after after fifteen years. Yes. What does the bloom look like? So it it's I think that's where it gets its name, tulip poplar. So it's a, a perfect solitary. It's a terminal uh, flower, greenish yellow, like that fleshy greenish yellow look, um, and it's bored on. Stout peduncles. That's peduncles. a word. That's yeah. a word for you. But it's about one and a half to two inches long, and it's cup shaped. All right. So it gives you yeah. that tulip cup shape. The only thing is, so often because tulip trees are so large, those blooms are are way up out of your sight. Sometimes mm-hmm. you don't necessarily always see them. Young trees, like a twenty year old tree with some lower branching, you'll see. But those large trees, you you really have to look up. Yeah, you need a long ladder to get yes. up there to look at the flowers. <laughs> is what <laughs> what Fran's trying to say. How long do these trees live? Uh, very long lived, two hundred and fifty to three hundred years. I, I want to say the one in the one in Sadler's Woods, easy in that two fifty to three hundred range. Wow. So you wow. and it's it's very very tall and strong. So uh, it, it, a lot of good um, const- like it makes good construction lumber. Uh, moldings, plywood cores, drawer sides, matches, uh, piano and organ actions, uh, container, paper, woodenware, furniture parts, and even caskets. So you can have a tulip poplar casket really? if you would like. Wow. Yeah. Well, wow. now where we talk about succession on our podcast, Native Plants Healthy Planet, a lot. Where does it kind of fall on that successional timeline for trees? So it is a pioneer species. So it's one of the first ones to colonize when you're you're coming up. So like that early. Early forest species, and it and it will last through like it into old growth. So, but it will start off pioneer wise and, and work its so way. So, it's through. probably not something that's going to grow in a shady area and shoot its way up. It needs to be get a lot of sun, yes, and get a jump start before everything else. So, yeah, uh, you really know, you you see, if you're going through your natural areas, you're getting that height where they had the space to get that height. Like it's a lot of openings. Um, you know, to get that big, it, it's got to have a lot of space. It's not competing. It's not a scrub tree. It's big, so it's going to outcompete some other things to get that sunlight. Um, but it does take full sun mostly, and it can take part shade. Yeah. So, what are some of the the wildlife that likes this this tree? Uh, there's there's actually a lot. Actually, hummingbirds feed on the nectar uh, from the spring flower, so the flowers do provide that for hummingbirds. Uh, the seeds uh, provide food for deer. Finches, cardinals, quail, mice, red squirrels, gray squirrels, and rabbits. So the seed are actually a really important. You know, when you think of what you lose from chestnut, and uh, as we start to lose oaks and and elms, this the seed is very important for a lot of a lot of that wildlife. Yeah, that's awesome. So it does have <laughs> some benefit. I know 
uh, from a, a habitat management standpoint, some people want to get rid of uh, tulip poplars because they may not support as many things like oaks and, and hickories do, but they still do provide the mast a, a, a is very for important. a lot of things. Yeah, oh, the, that's, that's the, great. The mast is very important. Um, the record tulip poplar, as far as uh, height, 191.9 feet, and it's in the Smoky Mountains of North Carolina. Um, so if you're ever in that area, like to, to find a uh, – I wonder and, if it's got a name. Like what's the oh, – the one Redwood is like General Sherman or something like yeah, that. Yeah. I wonder if this a, one's got a well, name. Well, like locally we yeah. have the – what's the – The Keeler Oak. The Keeler Oak. The Keeler yeah. Oak. Um, but it is – it's also the state tree of Tennessee. So awesome. um, the, I always find that's – I would love to know the story behind that. Yeah. That could probably be a podcast yeah. on its own. That Maybe so, that's where we go next. What are some of the issues and, and problems with tulip poplar? Uh, so you do have um, – I'm trying to think what, what some of the, the – the, you do get um, in drought. It will drop its leaves early on the earlier side. They don't tend to like urban environments. Um, so it's it's not necessarily a great street tree in a, in a city. Um, it's – I'm trying to think. It's it likes the rural. It, it's rural fast growing, so even though the wood is good for for a lot of construction purposes, mm-hmm. it's it's because it's fast growing. It's still weak wooded, and then we always talk about the faster the growth, the weaker the wood. Mm-hmm. So it's it's kind of somewhere in the middle. I wouldn't call it like super weak wooded, like pine mm-hmm. or or um, silver maple, uh, because there there's so many great properties to it, but. Um, yeah, I, that's one of the, the issues. It, it is susceptible to a variety of pests, uh, tulip tree aphids, tulip tree scales, and verticillium wilt. So those are those are some of the things you have to worry about when you're you're adding one of those to your garden. Um, root system wise, like if you're if you're putting one on your property, um, you 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 have to imagine that the roots, if the tree's getting that big, it's it's going to have a big root system. Uh, most active roots are in the top three feet of the soil. Uh, the majority are in the top 12 inches. So if you have one, it's going to be tough to have a lot of understory underneath uh, with, with some of the root systems. So um, I thought – I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say that's a pretty good overview. Yeah. And what, how, how are we doing on time? We want to keep these We're about 10 short. minutes. So Perfect. like uh, one of the things I thought was kind of neat was the name Liriodendron. Uh, Lirio is a Greek derivative for lily and dendron is Greek for tree. So it, Makes it sense. literally yeah. translates to lily tree. Um, trying to think if there's anything that we overlooked. Uh, the seed is cone-shaped uh, aggregate of Samaras maturing to, from August to October. And I think that kind of gives us a pretty good overview. I want to go through – so I asked you to fold the paper so that you couldn't mm-hmm. see everything. So I want to – I'm just looking to see. Did I miss anything? And for your reference, I am folded just below okay. the wood construction lumber. Okay. For so I right. I think that was four or five. So so also when we talked about what benefits flies, beetles, honeybees, and bumblebees were observed on open flowers. Awesome. So I, I thought that was important to notate too. So I have four facts, but I'm gonna give you five. Mm-hmm. One is not going to be true. So my odds went down when it was when we were talking about three. I had a one-third chance or two-thirds chance. I don't remember. I'm not good with statistics. All right. But my odds went down. I do know that. (laughs) All right. So I'm going to give you five facts. All right. All right. And one will not be true. Liriodendron is a host for the large green eggs of the 
Papilioglaucus, the eastern tiger tiger swallowtail butterfly. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's pale wood, lightweight and buoyant, made an ideal material for crafting long dugout canoes. Okay. I think I've heard that is true. Keep going. Um, the fragrant bark of liriodendron, which is a smooth dark green bark on young trees developing uh, deep orange-brown furrows, was a minor ingredient in the original recipe of Coca-Cola. Okay. That doesn't sound right to me. Okay. Keep, uh, there's two more, right? All right. Daniel Boone reportedly traveled with his family into the wilderness in a 60-foot-long tulip tree canoe. Mm-hmm. Which uh, I've actually heard that before, so I'm pretty really? sure that one's okay. true. Okay. Maybe, right. maybe I'm making that up. <laughs> and tulip tree has a wide range of medicinal uses with many teas, ointments, and solutions being made from it. I'm going to guess that the Coca-Cola one is is incorrect. That is correct. That is correct. All the it is the host uh, for uh, tiger swallowtail butterfly. Mm-hmm. Um, the the Daniel Boone is is that's a big canoe, a oh, sixty foot a canoe. canoe. <laughs> How are you paddling that? It's, and uh, where are you paddling? I'll, that? I'll be honest. I had a little bit of a. a that's, I didn't cheat. Is that's yeah. what I see? You're, how you're looking yeah. at me? No, I didn't no, cheat I didn't look at I, the page. No, I didn't. I listened I didn't. to a four part series on the history of Daniel Boone not that long ago. So <laughs> wow, and they talked about I, it. I think that's awesome. About, I, so I'm like, I'm pretty sure I heard that in there. So yeah. So so that's the first episode. This is what we're trying to accomplish, and and there will be times when Tom mm-hmm. goes first and is trying to surprise me, and and we're hoping to have yeah. guests on as well. So I I think we're we're doing pretty good for the first episode. We're under 15 minutes and. And we'll see you again awesome. tomorrow. We'll see you have a, a 23 and hour and what? 50 minute break <laughs> until, <laughs> until our next episode. <laughs> see you next time. Thank you for listening to A Native Plant Every Day with Tom and Fran. Hey, everyone. This is Fran. And Tom. And we just wanted to give you a quick reminder to tune in every Friday to our other podcast, Native Plants Healthy Planet. Yeah, so on Native Plants Healthy Planet, we dive into all different kinds of subjects revolving around native plants and our ecology and having a healthy planet. We have guests from uh, from colleges, from other podcasts, from different nonprofits we work with, even authors. It's a really good time. We hope you join us over there. Make sure you tune in, and until then, keep it native.